Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Rabbi Ram Goldarai, and today we're Seches Gittin Daf Nun Gimel, the fifth parak Hanizakin. The Zichud Seches Gittin program has been generously sponsored by Zichud Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the Mishan Daf Nun Beis on the base taught that if one damages another's property in a way that's physically unrecognizable, he only pays if he did so deliberately. Chizki explains the Vartor Echad Shogig Echad Mezid Chayev. Biblically speaking, whether such damage was done unintentionally or intentionally is high because Hezek Shainu Nikrish Hezek. Damage which is unrecognizable is considered true damage. The Rabbanan exempted an unintentional damager, Kedeshi Yodio, so that he'll inform the owner that his food is prohibited. If it would be high, if he may hesitate to inform the owner, causing him to eat prohibited food. One who damaged deliberately, however, will certainly inform the owner, even if he must pay, because his entire purpose is to harm him, which is only effective if he informs him. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. Biblically speaking, whether such damage was done unintentionally or intentionally, he's putter because hezek sheinu nikar loshme hezek, unrecognizable damage, is not considered genuine damage. The rabban penalized one who intentionally damages way. So that everyone should not go and be matame his friends to her foods, and say, I'm putter. Point number two, Rapapa challenged Chizkiah from a Mishnah. Gazel Matbeya Venipsa, one who stole a coin and it was disqualified for use by the government. Truma Venitmes, or he stole Truma and it became Tame and prohibited for consumption. Chametz, Va'avrogava Pesach, or he stole Chametz and Pesach passed. Omer Lohar Shelchal Fanocha, the thief may return the item and say, What is yours is before you and returned, and it's not high for its loss in value. But Papa argues that if unrecognizable damage is classified as damage, as Chizki asserts, then since this man stole the goods, thereby assuming responsibility for them, and he now returned them in a state which is considered damage, he should pay fully for the stolen item, which he did not return as it was, yet the mission says that he is not high for its loss in value. The Gemara concludes, This is indeed a refutation of Chizki's opinion. And point number three, Bryce's quote in which Rabbi says that one is high for unrecognizable damages, even when done unintentionally. And Rabbi says, like our Mishnah, that he's only high for intentional damages. The Gemara explains that although they both agree that Hezek Shainu Nikr, Loshme Hezek, it's not considered damage, and deliberate damage is high by rabbinic decree, Rabbi holds, Kansu Shogek Atumezi. They penalize unintentional acts because of intentional acts, meaning so people cannot intentionally damage and avoid liability by claiming it was unintentional. And Rabbi holds, they did not. Gemara asks that this diametrically opposes their Malchokas regarding one who cooks on Shabbos. Where Rameer says, Bishogeg Yocha, if he did so unintentionally, he may eat the food, even on Shabbos, but Mezidul Yocha, if it was intentional, he may not eat it. Rabbi says that for Shogeg, he cannot eat it until after Shabbos as a penalty because of Mezid, and for Mezid, he may never eat it. We see that Rabbi Meir did not penalize Shogeg because of Mezid, and Rabbi Yudah did. The Gemara differentiates between biblical transgressions, cooking on Shabbos, and rabbinic transgressions, unrecognizable damages. Rabbi Meir holds they only penalize Shogeg by rabbinic transgressions because people tend to take them lightly. Rabbi Yudah holds they only penalize Shogeg by biblical transgressions because they're more severe. Manasseh is an exception according to each opinion. So once again, the three points are number one, the Mishnah on Dav Nun Beis Amabes taught that if one damages another's property in a way that is physically unrecognizable, he only pays if he did so deliberately. Chizki explains, Biblically speaking, whether such damage was done unintentionally or intentionally is chai, because hezek shenu nikrish me hezek. Damage which is unrecognizable is considered true damage. The Rabbanan exempted an unintentional damager, kedeshi yodio, so that he'll inform the owner that his food is prohibited. If it would be chai, if he may hesitate to inform the owner, causing him to eat prohibited food. One who damaged deliberately, however, will certainly inform the owner, even if he must pay, because his entire purpose is to harm him, which is only effective if he informs him. 
Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. Biblically speaking, whether such damage was done unintentionally or intentionally, he's put because hezek sheinu nikar losh hezek. Unrecognizable damage is not considered genuine damage. The rabban penalized one who intentionally damages way. So that everyone should not go and be matame his friends to her foods, and say, I'm pater. Point him to Rapapa challenged Chizki from a Mishnah. Gazel Matbeya Venipsa, one who stole a coin and it was disqualified for use by the government. Truma Venitmes, or he stole Truma and it became Tame and prohibited for consumption. Chametz, Va'avro Lava Pesach, or he stole Chametz and Pesach passed. Omer Lahar Shelchal Fanacha, the thief may return the item and say, What is yours is before you and returned, and it's not high for its loss in value. Rapapa argues that if unrecognizable damage is classified as damage, as Chizki asserts, then since this man stole the goods, thereby assuming responsibility for them, and he now returned them in a state which is considered damage, he should pay fully for the stolen item, which he did not return as it was, yet the Mishnah says that he is not high for its loss in value. The Gemara concludes, This is indeed a refutation of Chizki's opinion. And point number three, Bryce is quoted in which Rabmer says that one is high for unrecognizable damages, even when done unintentionally. And Rabuda says, like our mission, that he's only high for intentional damages. The Gemara explains that although they both agree that Hezek Shenu Nikr Loshme Hezek, it's not considered damage, and deliberate damage is high by rabbinic decree, Rabmer holds Kansu Shogek Atumezi. They penalize unintentional acts because of intentional acts, meaning so people cannot intentionally damage and avoid liability by claiming it was unintentional. And Rabuda holds they did not. The Gemara asks that this diametrically opposes their Malchokas regarding one who cooks on Shabbos, where Ramirez says, Bishogeg Yochal, if he did so unintentionally, he may eat the food, even on Shabbos, but Mezidul Yochal, if it was intentionally, he may not eat it. Rabbi says that for Shogeg, he cannot eat it until after Shabbos as a penalty because of Mezid, and for Mezid, he may never eat it. We see that Rabbi Meir did not penalize Shogeg because of Mezid, and Rabbi Yudah did. The Gemara differentiates between biblical transgressions, cooking on Shabbos, and rabbinic transgressions, unrecognizable damages. Rabbi Meir holds they only penalize Shogeg by rabbinic transgressions because people tend to take them lightly. Rabbi Yudah holds they only penalize Shogeg by biblical transgressions because they're more severe. Manasseh has an exception according to each opinion. All right, so now we go to our Simran Dav Nun Gimel, and our standard Simran is a Nigerian prince. A Nigerian prince. So here goes. The Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food, someone was Matame, to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheinonikur, was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation, and insisted that even one who damages like this Bishogig should be penalized at Tumesid, just like the Jews do when it comes to prohibiting food that was cooked on their Sabbath. So once again, it's emotion. The Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must be more duff. Nun Gimel. The Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food someone was matame to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheinu Nikr, which reminds us the Gemara brings Malchuk's about Hezek Sheinu Nikr, damage which isn't recognizable. Chizki holds that one is Chayim the rice for, but the rabbis exempted an unintentional damager, Kadeshi Odio, so that he'll inform the owner that his food is prohibited. If he would be Chayim, he may hesitate to inform the owner, causing him to eat the prohibited food. Yochan disagrees and holds Hezek Sheinu Nikr, Loshme Hezek. Unrecognizable damage is not considered genuine damage. The rabbis penalize one who intentionally damages way, so that everyone should not go and be Matami's friend's tower of foods and say, Patrani. 
I'm exempt. So the Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food someone's matame to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheno Nicker was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation. Which reminds us where Papa challenged Chizkiah from a Mishnah. Gazamat Bey of Anipsal, one who stole a coin and it was disqualified for use by the government. The thief may return and say, what's yours is before you and returned. And it's not high for its loss in value. So we see conclusively from here that Hezek Sheno Nicker is not considered damage. So the Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food some was matame to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheno Nicker was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation and insisted that even one who damages like this Bishokeg should be penalized atu mezid, just like the Jews do when it comes to prohibiting food that was cooked on their Sabbath, which reminds us, the Gemara explains why Rebbe Meir holds we penalize Shogig unto Mezid when it comes to Hezek Sheno Nicker, but do not do so when it comes to Hamavashu B'Shabbos B'Shogig, one who cooks B'Shogig on Shabbos, and why Rebbe Yudah holds we do not penalize Shogig unto Mezid when it comes to Hezek Sheno Nicker, but do penalize Shogig unto Mezid when it comes to Bishop B'Shogig on Shabbos. So once again, the Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food, someone was matame, to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheno Nicker, was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation, and insisted that even one who damages like this Bishogig should be penalized atu mezid, just like the Jews do when it comes to prohibiting food that was cooked on their Sabbath. Alright, so now it's time for a Forbalabach Hazara. Daf Mem Tess. So the similar Daf Mem Tess is meat, and we often use a butcher in the simmon. So here goes. The butcher, butcher, that must be more on Duff. Memtas, meat, butcher. The butcher with the green apron who was visibly upset when the ox he was going to shech scored an ox of hectish requiring to pay from his edis, which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva holds it with Rishim ben Manasi who said, Shoshel hektish shenagu shoshel hedya patr. If a hektish's ox gores a commoner's ox, hektish is patr from paying. Bishel hedyot shenagu shoshel hektish. But if a commoner's ox gores hektish's ox, bang tum ubang muad, whether his ox was a tum or a muad, Mishalm nezek shalm, he pays full damages to hektish. He interprets the drasha of Shore Ehu as teaching that the distinction to pay half damages for a tum only applies to a friend's ox, but damages to Hedish's ox are always paid in full. So the butcher with the green apron, who was visibly upset when the ox he was going to shecht toward an ox of Hectish, requiring him to pay from his edis a derisa payment that dissuaded some local gazlanim and chamsanim from their pursuits, which reminds us, although the payment from edis is actually a derisa, Rabbi Shimon he did darsh time of the crust. It is the opinion Rabbi Shimon usually darshans the reasoning of the Pasuk, and he's saying the Torah required paying damages from edis for a tikkun olam. In a brice, he explains the benefit because of robbers and extortioners. So a man will say, why should I steal or why should I extort? Tomorrow, Basin will come and seize my property and take away my best field. So the butcher with the green apron, who is visibly upset when the ox he was going to shecht, Gordon Ox of Hektish, requiring him to pay from his edis, a derisive payment that dissuaded some local gazlanim and chamsanim from their pursuits, was jealous when he heard some yusomim telling Amana she could only collect her ksuba, from Ziburis, which reminds us. The Gemara explains that there's an additional Chiddush in teaching that Aksuba is collected from an orphan Ziburis. I might think that because of favor, as Rashi explains, better collections rights as an incentive for a woman to marry, the rabbis were making a ladder to collect from Bainanis. The Mishnah teaches that this isn't so, and that even Aksuba is collected from Yusom and Ziburis. There's a Malchogs whether she collects from Bainanis or Ziburis when it comes to collecting her Aksuba from her husband. Dafnun, so the similar Dafnun is a non-stop flight. So here goes. The disappointed Balchov who was on a non-stop flight, non-stop flight, that must be on Duff Nun.
The disappointed Balkov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, which reminds us the Gemara concludes that the restriction to only collect Ziburi's from Yasomim includes adult Yasomim. So the disappointed Balkov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziburi's field. Which reminds Ravachotvay Bar Ami asked, can a creditor collect from gifted properties where unsold properties are available. He explains, was the enactment which required collection from unsold properties made because of the loss of purchasers? But in the case of a gift where there is no purchaser's loss because the gift recipient paid nothing, there is no enactment protecting his land from collection. Or perhaps we say the debtor had not received some benefit from the gift recipient, he would not have given him a gift. Therefore, Matana is considered like a Pseda a purchaser's loss. So, the disappointed Balkov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airport, to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziburi's fields, and noticed a buyer of a stolen field down below collect compensation from the seller for the produce that was seized after his purchase, which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Memeches Amabes taught that although a buyer whose purchase land was later discovered to have been stolen by the seller may collect the purchase price from properties which the seller had subsequently sold, produce which grew in the field after the purchase can only be collected from the seller's own property. Two explanations are given here. Ula said in the name of Reish Lankish, Lefisha and Kitsubim, because they're not written in the original purchase contract. Rechina said Lefisha and Kitsubim, because the amount of potential produce is not fixed. Purchasers cannot protect themselves from later collections if they have no way of knowing how much property to leave with the seller. Therefore, produce can only be collected from the seller himself. Dafnun Alf. So the simmer Dafnun Alf is a beaver because beavers na. So here goes. The man whose beaver team, beaver team, that must be on Dafnun Alf, na. The man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements, which reminds us, Rabbi Nassim says, when is it true that compensation for the improvements are only collected from the seller's property? Only when the second purchase preceded the improvements of the first purchaser and the obligation to compensate for them was created thereafter. But if the improvements of the first purchaser and the obligation to compensate for them preceded the second purchase, government he does collect from the sold properties in the second purchaser's possession. So, the man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements had to swear when he denied finding two beaver pelt purses tied together and said he found only one, which reminds us the Gemara explains the distinction between a case where one is accused of finding two purses tied together and he claims he found only one purse and one accused of finding two oxen tied together and claiming he found only one. So, the man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements had to swear when he denied finding two beaver pelt purses tied together and said he found only one, but did not have to swear when he was motive of mixes and told his accuser, a man of your father's was in my possession and I paid him half of it. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings in Malchokas whether the rationale why one must swear in a case of motive makes us that it's presumed that a person is not brazen enough to completely deny his debt to his creditor's face applies in a case when one is motive makes us to the creditor's son. Rebelezer ben Yaakov holds that a person is also not brazen enough to deny the whole claim to the son and therefore must swear, whereas the Chamim hold, he would be brazen enough and therefore partial admission is likened to him being Meshiv Aveda, returning a lost object. Dafnun base. So the similar Dafnun base is a newbie to Yiddishkeit. So here goes. The newbie to Yiddishkeit, newbie to Yiddishkeit, that must be more on Daf 
Nun Bays. The newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphan's produce to feed them, which reminds us, Gmar clarifies that an apitropus can take truma for orphans, la'achil, to feed them but not to store away. Abrais elaborates on other powers of the apitropus, such as using the orphan's property to prepare them for mitzvahs which have a cost limit, such as lul of sukkah and tzitzes. So the newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphan's produce to feed them, saw the instructor had drawn an equal sign to teach that property of orphans is like hectish when it comes to sales, which reminds the Gemara discussed in the moment of acquisition and purchases involving orphans. Produce which was drawn through Mashiach from orphans' possession to acquire before payment. If a later increase in value, the orphans can retract based on the statement of Rab Chanilai Bar Idi in the name of Shmuel, Nechse Yesomim Harihen Kehektish, property of orphans is like hektish and is only acquired with money and not mashicha drawing clothes. So the newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphans' produce to feed them, saw the instructor had drawn an equal sign to teach the property of orphans is like hektish when it comes to sales, and turned green watching a simulation of a thief stealing someone's wine and pouring it to an idol, where he had to pay and get stone, which reminds us, Rav says the mission's case of menasich means menasich mamish. One literally pours another person's wine as an idolatrous libation. Shmuel says ma'arev. It means one who mixes nesach wine into kosher wine, thereby prohibiting it. He disagrees with Rav because menasich kamle bit rabimine. One who makes idolatrous libations is high for a more severe punishment, namely skila, stoning, than paying money. And the more severe punishment exempts him from paying compensation, the lesser penalty. Rav holds from the moment of lifting the wine, he acquires it as stolen goods, obligating him to pay for it, but does not become high for his life until the time of the libation. Because the monetary obligation preceded the libation, it is not exempted by the greater penalty. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which daftive mochok is when we penalize shogeg atu mezid regarding hezek shenu nikr and bishop shabbos b'shogeg? That's on daf. Nun gimel. Good number two. Which dafti of is about the case of one being manasik, someone else's wine, and if it's a case of kimle with rabbi mine, that's on daf? Nun base. Good number three. Which daft do we have if bidamazik shaminin or bidanizak shaminin? That's on daf? Memchas. Good number four. Which something about the Yisrael Mumer who sold himself the cannibals and how Reish Lakish killed them out? That's on daf? Mamzayin. Good number five. Which stuff do you have about is whether the rationale behind having to swear in a case of moda b'mixas applies when being moda to the Balchov's son? That's on daf. Nanov. Good number six. Which stuff do you have is whether hezek shenu nikr is a deraisa? That's on daf. Nun gimel. Good number seven. Which of the Nunapitropas can tithe on behalf of Yisomim in order to feed them but not to store the produce away? That's on daf. Nun base. Good number eight. Which something when if one stole coins and returned them after the government stopped circulating them, he's not high for their loss in value. That's on Duff. Nun Gimel. Good number nine. Which something when the Gemara concludes that the restriction to only collect ziboris from orphans includes adult orphans. That's on Duff. None. Good. Number 10. Which something when the Nixa Yisomin, Harihen Kehektish, property of orphans is like Hektish. That's on Duff. Numbase. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody at Ram Goldham Zikhu wishing you a great day and great learning.